Hey everyone, it's Matt Mikowski and this is Skills with People. Today we're continuing on from August's podcast to September with the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People calendar that I bought <laughs> from uh, Stephen R. Covey, the author of the book, which you can go and check out at any bookstore. Okay, so with September... This is what we're focusing on this time around. Yeah, I sound. I feel like I'm <laughs> going to a carnival there for a minute. Anyway, the moment you step into a leadership role, you are in the position of influencing other people. The habit of effective interpersonal leadership is think win-win, which seeks mutual benefit in all human interactions. That's a quote by Stephen R. Covey. So... Or something that I actually learnt quite a few years ago was from an author, uh, John Maxwell, who's also an authority on leadership. He, that's his whole um, business, I guess you'd call it, is uh, training people, teaching people about what leadership actually is and what it isn't. And he actually made a very good point that he learnt from somebody, which was, in your lifetime, you will influence at least 30 people, right? And that's based on people who aren't very socially active with others, right? So in your lifetime, at the minimum, leadership-wise, you're going to have influence in at least 30 different people's lives, right? That's a minimum, obviously, uh, those statistics might have be different now and all that sort of scenario, but I just thought that was a little bit of an interesting sort of insight into uh, leadership because a lot of people have this false idea of leadership that you're this person who stands on like a podium or like in front of a crowd of people or, you know, whatever the situation might be, who, you know, everyone sort of flocks to and follows and all that sort of stuff. That's not leadership right those are seminars concerts whatever else you want to call them okay it doesn't mean that those people up there don't have a level of leadership but that's not what leadership actually is everyone has leadership ability right just everyone does it in a completely different way right and everyone's got different personality traits that can offer uh, different types of leadership i mean you even look at politicians as an example um, that might not be the best example based on our current situation this year but in all honesty um, you can you know sort of tell what sort of personality types they have uh, what traits they have that could become really good leadership qualities uh, what traits they have which make really bad leadership qualities, you know, different things like that. But anyway, that's a little bit off topic. So I'll get back to this by quoting this quote just one more time, which is, the moment you step into a leadership role, you are in the position of influencing other people. The habit of effective interpersonal leadership is think win-win, which seeks mutual benefit in all human interactions. All right, so here... Uh, Stephen Covey talks about the six paradigms of human interaction. The paradigms of human interaction are how we interact. 
which obviously is kind of self-explanatory. But the moment you step from independence into interdependence in any capacity, you step into a leadership role. You are in a position of influencing other people and the habit of effective interpersonal leadership is think win-win. Otherwise, your choices are win-lose, lose-win, lose-lose, win or no deal. Right, so this is kind of going... It's almost like a part two of last month. But when you are influencing other people, you need to develop good habits. Thinking win-win and um, creating things that are going to mutually benefit everybody is very important. Now, we did cover a lot of this in the last podcast, so... Um, But I'll sort of recap a little bit about what we talked about in regards to think win-win. And I'll give an example. I'll try and give a different example. Um, Years ago, I did a marketing traineeship. Uh, I was out of work. uh, My wife and I had only been married for about a year. We just had a child. And I I was out of work at the time because I just moved from one state to another state and the state that I moved back to was actually where I originally lived before I moved if that makes sense Uh, (laughs) you know when you say something and you seem a little confused about what you just said and you're like I hope that makes sense anyway I have those moments all the time so I apologize but so what ended up happening is the uh, there's a sort of a church-based organization that had a cafe anyway that would help homeless people or people who were struggling so i had to do a thing called work for the doll uh, which they had and i chose that particular place because they had actually helped me out before uh, when my wife and i were in a bit of a tough spot so i thought well what better opportunity than to give back which also led to um, me finding out that they were offering traineeships, which then I chose, obviously, a marketing traineeship. They're also doing radio traineeships, which are really cool as well. So anyway, a uh, long story, trying to shorten it down a bit. The marketing traineeship, part of our responsibility was uh, because we were representing a non-profit organization, we had to figure out ways in how we could get um, people to donate items or lend us items for free um, in order to be able to do certain things. And in turn, we had to come up with lots of different ways that we could help them. So as an example, uh, one of the things that I was in charge of with my group was um, we had to organize monthly movie nights, which was awesome. And I had a really good team. Uh, We had lots of fun. Uh, My team um, was pretty much the most successful out of all of them because I had had actually had leadership training and been taught different things and how to sort of get people to work and yet have fun. So everyone loved being in my group, which was awesome. And I loved my team members. They did an amazing job. And so 
we approached at the time Blockbuster Video, which was still a big deal at that particular time. And we had to convince them to lend us <laughs> a DVD player and a DVD and two DVDs for free of charge on the condition that we return them on a particular day and that we would do lots of different things to include them in our advertising. So it would have, you know, the Blockbuster video logo included in our flyers and different things like that. And also we would do like a PowerPoint ad presentation before the movie, just showing all the different sponsors and all that sort of stuff. So there was that. And the other thing that we did is we agreed to also help Blockbuster Video out because I think it was like once a month they would have a fundraiser to raise money for a charity that they supported and part of the conditions that we could use this stuff for free is that we would volunteer to actually do barbecues with them right? which we agreed to. So see how that situation it, it mutually benefited two different parties. We were allowed to wear our our uh, uniforms that we had to the barbecue which is also good and we're also helping out Blockbuster Video so it sure shows this joint unity between these two organisations one being a business and the other being a non-profit organisation and how it helped us out and most people I think that we got that came along to these video nights or monthly movie nights was 130, 150 people and um, my group actually made the most money out of all the other groups. And like the other groups had some pretty cool stuff, mind you. You know, it was like snowboarding excursions and um, market stores and other sorts of different things. The market thing didn't really take off, unfortunately. And there were quite a few companies that promised to provide certain things but didn't really deliver as like well as they had claimed they would so it was kind of a bit disappointing in that regards but uh the good thing about it and what i was happy about i know it seems like a bit of a brag but and it kind of is really to be honest because i was super pumped and excited i was like yes my group's doing awesome <laughs> right but in saying that my group also had to help out all these other different groups too and I will also say that the other groups and the group that I was in charge of as well were thrown in the deep end. So they didn't um, fail because they did a bad job. Um, it was lack of support from the people in charge of the program that caused them to not do as well as they should have, you know. It's, it's like one of those things, and but the, the, here's the situation too. I had a win-win situation, right? It's um, with monthly movie nights. I'd always loved watching movies anyway, and I said, and I'd been to the movies as much as everyone else in my group. So my team and I sat down and sort of worked out how we wanted things to go. I would offer suggestions and see if they were all for it. Most of the time they were. Um, I'd encourage them to come forward with ideas and suggestions because, you know, I had to obviously encourage my team. This is not a 
I make all the decisions and you guys just say yes, we've got to work together, you know, what, what ideas do you have do you think we can incorporate? And because of that, they also came up with some really awesome ideas, whether it came to, you know, how to run the night or different marketing things that we could do and all that sort of stuff. So it was really, really good. Um, with the other teams that were uh, around, there was like four different teams altogether. Right, so the three other teams, as much as the people on those teams were nice people, um, you know, they, uh, their style of leadership was more very sort of take charge, this is how we're going to do it. And there were a few people who, you know, liked to muck around a bit and they didn't know how to deal with that. So, of course, they'd get quite stressed about it. And they weren't getting um, very much support. Neither were we, mind you. But I think because we were able to do the whole think win-win strategy you know I gave stuff to my team my team gave stuff to me it was a win-win situation um, I didn't turn around and dictate I didn't turn around and say this is how it's going to be I just went right we've got to work together these are the different ideas that I have um, but it's not set in concrete I want to hear what ideas you have we can work together and see how this all fits together so it worked it was a win-win right mutual with the other groups, I'd overhear them pretty much go, look, this is how it is and this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it. You're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing that. Right? And as much as that leadership can work, it's not constructive. You know, People then feel like they're being dictated to. They feel like um, they're not really being heard or they're not really having any say. They're just being told, this is how it's going to go. Uh, <coughs> And with running markets, uh, one thing I did learn from that experience was it's not as easy as just turning around saying we're having markets come along. I mean, they did do a lot of work. They reached out to different people who already had market stores in different areas. Um, and some of them were just like, no. <laughs> and others were just like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And they were told that you know, there would be like a big turnout and all that sort of stuff. And it didn't happen the way that they had hoped. And then, of course, only for the people in charge of the program to later turn around and go, oh, well, you know, why didn't you guys think of this? Or why didn't you guys think of that? Or why didn't you just do this? Or why didn't you just do that? And they're going, hang on a second. Where were you when we were originally planning all this stuff in the first place? Why didn't you come up with those ideas beforehand, right? Those ideas were useless now because apparently after that one event of the market stalls, they went, oh, well, we're not going to do that anymore, right? Which is kind of sad. They gave up and they gave that group something else to work on, which you kind of, they're going, no, you don't give up after one go. Keep going, you know. But if they had provided an environment where people were sharing information, where it's going to mutually benefit everybody, they could have had something a lot better. Although there, I will say there were some things that were there that were actually really cool. And we discovered some of the markets and where they normally go to. Um, so we could buy some of their products. Because this lady made the best homemade fudge that I've ever, ever had. Uh, man, just thinking about it makes me drool. Because I'm just like, oh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Losing track. All right. So, what is the thing this time? So, personal inquiry for this month. This month, can you solve a problem with compromise? 
right? One thing you'll learn is that anything in life you can always compromise, right? Don't have it as a my way or the highway scenario because that system doesn't work, right? All it does is provide a an environment where people become resentful and bitter and yeah sure they might do the job or whatever it is or you know they might seem happy enough in a relationship or whatever the situation is but it's it doesn't create an environment where people are happy right you always got to have a level of compromise all right something where it's going to work out for everybody not just for one person all right Anyway, that's it from me for this podcast. Take care of yourselves. Uh, Remember to stay safe and I'll chat to you soon. All right, bye for now.